Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Coffin Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Richie. Richie, we are not afraid of the number 13 here, apparently. We are not. Um, that's <laughs> a, that's a outdated, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, boy, I am just blank and superstition. Man, long day. Let me tell you. Wives' that. tale. <laughs> wives' tale. Yes, <laughs> wives' tale. Superstition. Um, yeah, man. Episode thirteen. It, it's it's flying by. You figure the season is uh, statistically half over. Um, we are in the back half of the season. So, well, of course, including the playoffs, which I am assuming we'll be doing the podcast all the way throughout the Super Bowl at least. So. Um, yeah, yeah we, we have more than halfway to go, but regular season wise is halfway over for sure. And that's, it's, it's crazy that, uh, I'm, ho- are we halfway through the bye weeks? Cause Holy crap. I'm tired of fantasy football. Bye weeks. The last bye weeks are week 14, I believe. So no, we are not. Cause we still have <laughs> 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. We still have five weeks of bye weeks left. Ugh, I hate it. I hate bye weeks so much. I know, man, back when I uh, played fantasy football, bye weeks were super annoying, but this year my teams all decided to gift me a year off from competing. So it's, it's been relaxing. I'm, 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 out of the playoffs statistically in all seven of my leagues. So I just get a kickback and, and enjoy the sport. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's nice of your teams to have done that. Yeah, it was an early Christmas present for them to all band together. And Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Kyle Pitts, all the, all those guys. I appreciate it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, you did manage to beat me a couple weeks ago. so there's I did. I snuck a five-point win in there. <laughs> gotta gotta keep you on your toes. <laughs> that was such a bad week for my team. But yeah, I just continue to get stronger when people drop Roquan Smith for Blake Martinez, who then retires. I I have to imagine the Ravens are on their bye this week. Is that, that's the only I didn't look, but that's the only I thing I no thought. Idea. Is, uh, they are okay. They are. So he just I guess. Needed a replacement and and maybe didn't have the roster space, but yeah, unlucky Dude. for the guy you pick up to retire the next day. That's especially especially if you put them in and you're not checking your your team until after the, they play games yeah. because he's gonna realize he got no points from that guy. Also dropped Roquan Smith. Yeah, at that point you might as well just play Roquan Smith on his bye week. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and then you don't lose a 25 year old. Really good linebacker in a dynasty league. Well, luckily I I play poker next Thursday with that guy, so uh, we'll see how it plays out, and then I'll get to mock him mercilessly. I I want to hear how that goes. <laughs> actually, that'd be great. All right, well we're gonna jump right into the top five. This week's top five. You have a juicy one. Um, I was really excited about this once you mentioned the idea. It's not really an in-season type thing, but it is. An important it, thing. It is so. an important thing, and I'm going to let you go first, seeing as how you outright cheated in your top five. So, you know, please uh, please start us off with your number fives. This doesn't say top five. 
Do, it does it, does it not five. say top five favorite players? Yeah, all these players are on number five, and there's five bullet points. It's okay. You 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 you, you found a loophole. You couldn't decide. It was Sophie's choice, and you just chose nothing. Just pretend. Just pretend that this one is uh, its own top five. Any one of them could be it, because you can't. I can't really figure out anyone good for this because they've all come and go so quickly that they can't be a favorite for me. That's fair. That's but, fair. <laughs> For example, number one, I'll go with the oldest one on this list, and that is Mike McMahon, who was a quarterback for the Lions for uh, after Joey Harrington and bridge. No, before Joey Harrington, he bridged the gap before they drafted Joey Harrington. He was the starter, and he was finally going to start for an entire season, and then it was just like, let's start the rookie Joey Harrington, and then Mike McMahon got no time to show what he could do in a full season. So... He was my favorite uh, non-quarterback named Matthew Stafford. I really like Mike McMahon. He was a he was a running quarterback back when there were no running quarterbacks, and that's what I loved about him. But Mike McMahon, halfbacks as far as that goes. Joyke Bell and Jamal Williams for the same reason. They were both the second guy that was just every scored a lot of touchdowns and hyped up the crowd like crazy gotta love the guys that are like way into the fans and and are still good enough to play games when the starter goes out javid best i put on this list because i thought he was amazing and i was pissed and pissed for him when uh the the concussion issues kept him out of football made had him made him have to retire early he was super fun to watch i remember at one point he had so many 50 plus yard runs in a season, I think his rookie season or something like that, that he, it was more than anyone had had for the Lions in like 10 years. It was crazy. Um, and then I've got Kenny Galladay. I love Kenny Galladay. Galladay in. And uh, Indomitian Sue. I would say if I had to pick one guy to be number five, it would be an Indomitian Sue. I was the biggest Indomitian Sue apologist there ever was. <laughs> I loved him as a player. And the second he left, it was all gone. Yeah, it's... I'm like, okay, maybe he was a little dirty, okay? But the whole time he was on the Lions, I'm like, if he didn't put his knee there, if he didn't put his head there, it yeah. wouldn't be a problem. Why is your head under his foot? Yeah. Yeah. Just because he kicked backwards doesn't mean he was trying to kick him in the nuts, I, okay? I remember Javid Best. That dude was a beast and unfortunately just couldn't stay healthy. Um, and you're right. I mean, Joyke Bell, Sue, Galladay... There's a lot of great players that the Lions had, but unfortunately didn't have for, for too long. No. It was always like Sue left after his second his second contract. Galladay left after his first. Yeah. Bell was just a undrafted running back that kept getting signed every year. Java Best, concussions, you know, crazy stuff. Yeah, well, I get it. Well, I stuck to single players for each of mine. Um, I'm going to start us off with Terry McLaurin. I know he's young for the, the team, uh, just just re-signed, drafted in 2019, I believe, third round. So might be a little early to put him on my list of all-time favorites. But the reason he's on there, not only has he blossomed into one of the best receivers in the league, despite shaky quarterback play at best. <laughs> Despite, yeah. 
Um, Despite never having a quarterback that played a full season. Yes. He's, he's a locker room leader, just a, a great guy. And he's the first Washington player that earned himself a second contract and got it. That, that I can remember. Uh, you know, just, just thinking back, like, over the last 10, 15 years, there's been a lot of players that we have drafted, not re-signed, and then I see them on other teams, and I'm just like, oh, look at them playing well at, you know, staying healthy and, and, you know, doing it for another team because for some reason we didn't want to pay them. So I was really excited when they re-signed Terry. I bought his jersey. I was holding off until I knew he was going to be there for a while. Um, and, and I just... Man, I, I really want us to get a solid quarterback in, in next year's draft um, or free agency, but preferably the draft, so that he can finally have a a reliable quarterback thrown to the ball. Consistent quarterback. Yeah, like it's just seeing what he's done with like Taylor Heineke and Dwayne Haskins for a couple games and Carson Wentz. It's just like imagine if this guy was catching passes from. I mean, and Jimmy Alex Garoppolo, Smith, right? like if he was getting like even a level of like that type of quarterback, it's like, man, he could be so good. Um, but yeah, I just, and I just yeah. love the guy off the field too. Just so much fun. Yeah. Hopefully that does happen. Then you can, uh, Johan Dotson. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, playing with he him. could, uh, he could develop too. He just needs to get back on the field. Cause now all of a sudden he's hurt and hasn't played in a couple he's, weeks. Uh, so. Oh, he's in this week. Uh, yeah. He's so he should be. <laughs> He's listed as a without an injury designation oh, now. Well, he still has Taylor Heineke throwing him the ball against the Eagles, so don't expect too much. True. All right, who you got number four? My number four is an, a, a position that's not normally one you would put on a list like this, but mine is the kicker, the kicker, old reliable Jason Hansen, 20 years as a Lion. Pretty much the entire time that I've been a Lions fan up until he retired, we never had to worry about kicker. And I'll tell you one thing. Once when, once you lose something like that, you see how big of an issue it is for literally everyone else in the league. I think the Lions have been through three kickers this year. Um, within the past few years, they've been through a bunch. Before they got Matt Prater, they were through a bunch, and for whatever reason, they didn't want to pay Matt Prater. So here we are in the situation where we're playing roulette with kickers every week. <laughs> Jason Hansen was amazing. And I looked this up because I was curious some of the stats where he leads the league still to this day since his retirement. And uh, he was he connected 82% of his field goals in his 21-year career. That's incredible. 82%. Uh, he holds the NFL records for most field goals of 40-plus yards, most consecutive field goals of 40-plus yards at 24, the most career games with one NFL team. So, you know, he's the one player in the league that has been on only one team for the most amount of games, and that is 327 games as a Lion. And he's the most ga- has the most game-winning field goals in overtime with nine. So... I think that pretty much all speaks for itself when it comes to Jason Anson, the kicker. Yeah. Well, when you look at kickers, I mean, most kickers have pretty short careers, and that's you playing 20 years, 21 years. I mean, that's that's incredible. So the only ones that I would be say are comparable are like Morton Anderson, 
Gary Anderson, Adam Vinatieri. Like those are the only yeah. names that I can think come up with. You know, it's funny. I thought about putting Tressway on my list, our our current punter, um, just because that dude bombs the ball and and he's 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 awesome, but. Just not in my top five. Top top ten for sure. Tress, if you were listening, no offense. Um, but my dude, he, he and he's a funny. Oh, he is. Dude. Speaking of funny interviews, my friend, my number four, Clinton Portis. That guy <laughs> created so many different characters for his post game interviews and press conferences. He was hilarious to watch. Um, <laughs> not to mention electric on the field in his prime. As, as I've mentioned, I am a big fan of running the football and old-school NFL. He wasn't a power runner. He was just a fantastic zone running back. I loved having a running back of his caliber. Um, man, we, I, we haven't had a running back like that. I mean, Alfred Morris had a, a year or two, um, but Clinton Portis, just just fantastic. And, and of course, so funny. Um, yeah, one of my favorite all-time for sure. Nice. Yeah, I remember watching him a lot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I had him on a bunch. Yep, and imagine, I mean, we got him in a trade when we sent Champ Bailey away, and I remember being pissed off when we sent Champ Bailey away, and then Clinton Portis started running the ball for us. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll live. Yeah, he's, uh, I'm looking at their all-time stats, number two behind John Riggins, and he's 600 yards behind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Riggins. Riggins are all time, but um, I don't, how who's third and how far away are they from Portis? I'm just curious if you looked it up. Third is Larry Brown from 1969 to 1976 with 5875 yards. How far behind Portis is that? A thousand. Okay. Oh, that's actually. And then only a hundred yards behind him is Stephen Davis. Oh yeah, Stephen Davis is another good one, but but Clinton Portis had the personality. That's what really made him stand out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And he's one that I would remember even if you didn't mention him. No. Steven Davis, I remember when I hear his name, but he's not one that I'm like, name some Washington running backs. I wouldn't go. It'd probably take me a minute to remember Steven Davis. Yeah, oh, me too. So, he was, I, I see, and I'm, I'm thinking like he was probably late 90s. Like, yeah. yeah. This is kind of crazy. Adrian Peterson is number 19 on your list. <laughs> That's. In 31 games. Wow. With 1,940 yards. Go AP, man. That's, yeah, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Now, now you got, while you're going over your number three, I'm just going to look up our our list. Cause now even, even RG3 is 26th. With 1,480. That's crazy. All right. My number three is uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the current Super Bowl MVP, Matthew Stafford. Who had 45,000 yards as a Lion in all the years he played. I think it was 13. 45,000 yards. The next closest Lion in yardage is Bobby Lane with 1,500. So as far as quarterbacks go for the Lions, Matthew Stafford, the best there ever was. Wait, 1,500 or 15,000? Sorry, 15,000. Oh, yeah, 15,000. Okay. But but yeah, 30,000 more yards than the second place guy. Yeah, that's pretty and crazy. And I was able to watch him from the draft all the way till he was traded. So I have been lucky enough to not play quarterback roulette in the 20, 
let's say 24 years I've been a Lions fan or watched every game. So, yeah. Yeah. Now it's Matthew uh, Stafford definitely there. Now, now you are though. <laughs> well, no. Yes, I've and I remember this place clearly back in the day with Dave Dan Orlovsky and Dante Culpepper and Joey Harrington. Mike McMahon, all the freaking quarterbacks we had bef- until we got Stafford. Fun times. John Kitna. Oh, like, God, yeah. Yeah, there were just ass ton of them. You know, it's a, you got me curious, so I started looking at the, the commander's rushing stats. Adrian Peterson holds the record for our longest run in, uh, in franchise history at 90 yards. I see that. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, uh, my number three... Um, I went Ryan Kerrigan. He was another one, uh, almost a lifer. He he, they re-signed him, I think once or twice. He he played a few seasons, forget where, um, which is a shame because I I would have loved for him just to to stay in Washington forever. But he did retire a commander. I think he is still currently. Uh, an assistant coach for their linebackers, which is just awesome. I, I hope he sticks around and, and becomes positional coach. But that dude was a pass rushing beast. He was um, him, and, and it was funny. I remember we drafted him the year after we drafted Brian Arakpo, and they were supposed to be our two <laughs> bookend linebackers. Uh, Arakpo never got re-signed, but Kerrigan stuck around. And again, I mean, you talk about just entertaining guys off the field. Great personality uh, awesome on the field i loved his hbk celebration of course that always you know made him stand out <laughs> uh earned him the nickname hbk heartbreak kerrigan just uh, uh one of my favorites and, and another guy who's whose jersey that i've got hanging up since he retired i can wear it with pride now not having to worry about him playing somewhere else and, and people wondering well, why do you have a, a santana moss washington jersey when he's playing for the jets yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I believe so. I didn't look up stats uh, like you did. I just I just went off you know, guys that I got him right here. You want to know is where he's he at? The sack? I, I don't think he got the franchise lead for sacks. He was a sack and a yeah. half in second. He has ninety five point five in his career, and the leader Dexter Manley had ninety seven. Yeah, I God, I remember that. I because he he just needed to play like another half season and get again a sack and a half, but. Still amazing career. Still, still stands out. Still one of a um, one of I'd my say, favorite guys to watch. Based on your bookend thing, I'd say it didn't end up too terrible. Or at least doesn't seem like it. Brian Arakpo is number twelve on the list with forty sacks. Yeah, see, if he would have gotten re-signed, he probably would have been like they would have been two and three or one and two even. But they they let Arakpo go to Tennessee, and I don't think he ever really found that much success there. But that's the problem is Dan Snyder would rather throw money at free agents than re-sign his own talent that they find. But I'm not going to get into Dan Snyder right now. Crazy. Yeah, Rekpo had seven sacks first season with Tennessee, ten and a half the next season, and seven the next season. And then his final season, he only had a one and a half. So. Yeah, see, we still got, could have gotten three more years out of him. Yeah, because that's, that's a pretty healthy number. Let's see, that would have been 37 more. He had 40 on the team in the four years he was there. Okay. So, for sure. 
Uh, my number two. I didn't write anything for this. It's all it. It really only. It really speaks for itself. All you really got to do is look on YouTube for a highlight video. But that is <laughs> Calvin Johnson, Megatron. Um, the guy that single-handedly made every game the Lions play one that they could win. Because all you, with Matthew Stafford and Megatron on the field on offense, you always knew there was a chance that you could win. Because even when Stafford was like running around in the pocket to save his life, that all always meant that one of the best best receivers ever at getting open during a scramble would find himself open for Stafford to throw the ball to. And so all the long, deep passes with triple coverage, double coverage, just this. He's the reason that I like tall receivers because Calvin Johnson being what, I think six foot four, jumping yeah. literally over everyone that was ever around him to get the ball. I just, I can picture so many of the, uh, the things the catches that he's made, not to mention single-handedly changing football for the worst um, with the what is a catch, what's not a catch rules. <laughs> because they should have, I believe it was the Bears, they should have beat in week one, but they called a obvious catch pass a incomplete, and they lose the game with no time left. So, yeah. he He literally caught the ball went down, set the ball down in the same motion to get up and celebrate, and they called it incomplete. Oh, I still – I can picture the entire play. I remember because he was palming the ball, and he, like, pressed – like, as he was getting up, he pressed the ball onto the ground to boost himself up and let the ball mm-hmm. go, and they said, well, the ball touched the ground. Yeah, it was, it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And they still don't know what a catch is, so. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. Yep. Uh, well, my number two, I went a little bit older school, um, but for a guy that played a long time, I was actually looking to see here. He played on 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 seasons, all for Washington. Daryl Green, one of the best defensive backs in NFL history, in my opinion. Uh, throughout the 80s and 90s, that dude was a lockdown corner. Um, is our, our reigning franchise interception leader with 54 in his career. Also our leading tackle leader. Tackler. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I see that. And it's funny, I looked at passes defended. The only reason he doesn't lead passes defended is because they didn't start counting that as a stat until 1999. And he only played three more seasons after that. Um so yeah. that dude was a beast. Um, he he was so reliable, so dominant. Um, I remember when we drafted Champ Bailey, I was like, oh, man, maybe maybe Champ Bailey's the heir apparent to Daryl Green. And then, of course, we traded him, and I was mad, but I got over that. Um, but, yeah, Daryl Green, man. I, Washington doesn't have a lot of best player in the NFL um, in our, our history, it's very rare for us to have somebody that's like, who's the best player at this position and, and Washington be on that list. But Daryl green year in and year out was on that list. Makes sense. Look at those stats. It's crazy. Yeah. That he was awesome. So for sure. 
I find it interesting while I'm looking at that list that London Fletcher, a middle linebacker, is sixth all time for them. On tackles? Pass to flick. Pass to Oh, pass is defended. Well, you know what's funny? As I'm as I'm it goes corner, 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 middle linebacker, corner, corner, free safety, corner, 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 then another linebacker. Yeah. Um, the other uh, <laughs> funny thing that London Fletcher, he how long did he play for us? He only played for us for seven seasons in his mid to late thirties. But that dude came like yeah. came in and like yeah, he, he came out of nowhere to like play out of his mind. Um yeah, that was awesome. But yeah. uh, it's funny. I, this is off topic, but as I'm looking, because you got me curious now, I was looking at our, our franchise stats. We don't have a lot of people with with huge stats because we don't have a lot of people that stick around for their entire careers. Like you were talking about, like Jason Hansen or Calvin Johnson, and and your next one, your number one. Washington doesn't get a lot of players that play multiple years i mean terry mclaurin i think is already 13th in career receiving yards in three seasons like if that dude plays his whole career and and gets a quarterback he's he's definitely going to be up there um but just real depressing to look at our our team stats and been like "Eh, no one sticks around in washington long enough to move up this list (laughs) for sure yeah that's can't relate as far as uh (laughs) The offense goes for the Lions. Yeah, you you uh, you had two all-time greats on your team. Well, and even if you look at like all-time stats for quarterbacks, Stafford's on that list. Yeah. So it's crazy. Uh, my number one is what, in my opinion, the best running back to ever play football, and that is Barry Sanders. So no. Amazing, amazing running back. Yeah, just the only reason that I'm a Lions fan, he is was electric. I mean, watching him run, I don't, I, I've never been a big cared too much about smash the ball up the middle of the line football because of the fact that Barry Sanders did that. But if there was someone there, he just juked and went outside and. Started juking everyone. The way he ran was the way I like watching football, or at least from a running back. Especially like when I started watching uh, that 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 running back from the Steelers is probably the closest one to remind me of Barry Sanders in a long time. Nachi, Nachi Harris. That, no, this is he was really good, and then he left, and he's just not even. Le'Veon Bell. Yes, Le'Veon Bell. The way he ran reminds me of Barry Sanders. And that's why I liked the idea of him coming to the Lions when they talked about it. Because he just runs the ball. First of all, he runs standing up. He doesn't run with his shoulders down. He just runs standing up looking at the field to just figure out where he's going to like juke to. So it just always reminded me of Barry Sanders because that's just what Barry did. was He always made you miss and then ran for 10 yards. So, yeah, I mean, with a career rushing average of five, I mean, yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So absolutely. I mean, there's arguments about who's the best of all time, but he belongs in the top three. I I can't think of 
The only three that I think I've heard people talk about are Adrian Peterson, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. Anybody who wants to say Emmett Smith, no, wrong. Um, and there's yeah. there's no one else that I think you can even argue. Those those three you cannot talk about for all time, but there's no one else that blinks anywhere near those three in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say the only other one that I would accept is Walter Payton. No. That's the one that I will get the argument or that's the only one I'll argue with someone about. I've heard people talk Adrian Peterson because he did it for so long. Um, and but it's like, yeah, I I agree. <laughs> I you know I don't uh, I don't know what it's like to have offensive players that that are Hall of Famers. Like we have a couple, like we have a couple, but man, what what I, in my lifetime, like Art Monk. You know I loved Art Monk, but he's he's a Commanders receiver like you know if you're not a commanders fan you don't know art monk but everybody knows barry sanders right yeah exactly that's why i can wear those jerseys and people would know who yeah it is. yeah absolutely well now my, my number one um is a is a bit, bit of a sad one is a bit of a tragic one but he's always gonna be number one list sean taylor the, the gentleman behind me um he was yep. well on his way. He at his at the time was was the best safety in the NFL um, at a very young age. Still, I mean that dude just as a free safety, as a ball, you know, a ball hawk, um, always always seemed to be you know where the uh, where the ball was, where the play was as a tackler. Uh, he was just outstanding, and you know, unfortunately. Very tragically, he lost his life at a young age uh, due to a home break-in. Um, just, just freaking sad, you know. He was he was a, a troubled youth in, in college and coming out, but you know had had turned his life around. Had had a, a uh, wife and I believe a daughter um, who he was protecting during the break-in. Got shot in his leg, in right in the artery, bled out passed away i think he was 25 26 years old i always remember we were in the navy at the time and i was uh mm -hmm. cranking in the officer's mess and they had the tv in there so i'd always i'd be in there early morning getting ready for breakfast and always have espn on and you know it, talking about the news and it was just like man uh, unbelievable just but yeah I, I mean it's like it's it's you can think about like what what would have been you know if he if he had been able to play longer i mean would he have kept being at playing that high level would he have gone down as a as a hall of famer would he you know all those things but just the the short amount of time that he had and being able to watch him on the field that dude was just so much fun to watch i will never forget it's a clip that you see all the time the pro bowl game where he just annihilates the punter um on a on a return he's he's like blocking um and and just levels the guy no, he was. He, I think it was the return in the like, Pro Bowl. Yes, it was in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, like in the Pro Bowl in Hawaii, he just destroys the guy. Like it's fantastic. But always you're going to be, be on this field. You better keep your head. Yeah, on Yeah, he field. was like, I don't care. Um, nah. Just, just an amazing competitor, and and just yeah, all, all time one of my favorites. But just also like one of the most unfortunate circumstances. For sure. Well, I have a question, real quick on. Whether I have, I, I have very little faith that our answer will not be the same on this one. But if you had to pick a favorite Cardinal, who would that be? Um, 
I mean, I I've got to go Larry. Like it's he's like he's yeah, exactly. like, like I mean, I I you know, there's I I loved Aeneas Williams. Um Calias Campbell I always loved, Darnell Dockett. Like I, there's a lot of players that like uh, that I I can make a What's whole his, list the, of just like top 5. The corner. Was he corner or safety? Patrick Antrel Roll. Oh, Antrel Roll, yeah. I mean, I love Patrick Peterson. Um yeah, there's there's a, a bunch of players you can name but like you you think of cardinals and you think of larry matthew liner yeah naturally john skelton (laughs) max hall cardinal hall of fame ring of honor people um but yeah larry larry Fitzgerald, man like that dude not just and what's funny is like he's not just the best cardinal of all time it goes back to like calvin johnson he's one of the best receivers of all time he transcends the team which is even more amazing but yeah that dude, he is Mr. Cardinal. And still, I still can't believe he did. He just walked, like, he just disappeared. He ghosted the NFL. He didn't yeah. even retire. He didn't retire. He just left. Didn't give himself a retirement ceremony or a fail, farewell tour. He just ghosted the NFL, disappeared. <laughs> it was just like, and this is how I say farewell. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm just done. But, all right, well, that was a fun top five. You know, we were I just something besides talking about. Players that, you know, we want to break out or how much my fantasy football team suck. I thought we'd just get, give us a chance to talk about the teams we love. Absolutely. Let's dive into our week nine review. We're going to try to keep this one quick. Last week, I think we did almost three hours for the podcast. So we're actually going to try to make this one <laughs> a little faster. And the good news is I was at the Cardinals game, so I didn't watch any of these games. So I don't have a lot to talk about. Um, but we're going to start off Chargers at Atlanta. The Chargers didn't have any any of their big receivers healthy. Uh, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen both gone, but they had no issues. Josh Palmer stepped up, eight catches for 106 yards. For the Falcons, they ran the ball a lot, which seems to be the theme. Marcus Mariota seems to be kind of leveling out what we all expected as a mediocre quarterback. Um, they're not using Kyle Pitts, which upsets me because I took him in like three leagues. And I want to ask you, now that they're, they, they were leading the division at one point, but now... Um, let's see where they are now. They are second. They are were yeah. tied, or they were tied going into last night with the Tampa Bay and then uh, they Buccaneers, lost. and then they, they got lost. lost by the Panthers. I mean, that division is still thing. up for grabs technically. But if you're the Falcons, you know what you have in Mariota. At what point do you need to put in Desmond Ritter and see what you have in him? Well, here's the thing about that game, and that's. That's a fair assessment after last night. But I picked the Falcons to beat the Chargers last week. And I almost won that bet. They didn't win. The the Chargers won on a last second field goal. Right. So Mariota didn't play well. Which is why I'm asking. No, no, no. I just, I just, it was, that game was, they could be something. If Mariota wasn't playing so bad. Right. And that's what, yeah, exactly. So if I'm the Falcons, you know what you have with Mariota. He's been in the league long enough. He's not all of a sudden going to develop into a better passer. So do you keep him in there because, well, we're only a half game back or, or you know, a, a game back if the Bucks win on Sunday? Or do you say, well, we drafted Ritter. We need to see what we have in him. I don't know. It's I wanted to ask you your opinion on that. Um, I, I I think it's a c- combination of things for that team because I was looking at Cordero Patterson's stats 
Not only has he been hurt, but after the first three games, that dude's been averaging like 40 yards rushing a game. Algiers not much better. Their rushing game is doing nothing now after being really good the first three weeks of the season. If they can get their running game back together, and if you were get something out of the quarterback position, they they're four and six, tied for or one game behind for first. It's not like they're out of this. So I'm with you. They should make a change, at least try to win the division. Because when you lose to the Carolina Panthers, who are dropping players, the, some of their best players on offense, and are still scoring 25 and beating teams. Yeah. They won two games since they got rid of uh, um, CMC and Robbie Anderson. It's just crazy. You should not be losing to the Panthers. Yeah, you know, there's usually teams are will make a switch to a rookie quarterback when they're out of the playoff hunt. But to me, this the Falcons need to do it to keep in the playoff hunt, to spark their yeah. offense and and give them a chance to to win more games. I Mariota will win some games. He already has this year. I just don't think he's going to be enough to drag them into the playoffs. That's I, I think they need to switch to Ritter and be like, well, maybe he can electrify this team and and you know get us the rest of the way. Um, but but yep. we'll see. Miami Chicago, uh, it was a lot closer than I thought. I I really thought Miami against the Bears defense. I thought they were going to blow them away. I did not expect the Bears offense to keep up. Um, Miami's passing offense. I mean, they're dude, they're just fun. Justin Fields went crazy. Justin in that Fields game. went. You know, there's always those games for, for he's not a rookie, but there's always those games that you look back on and been like, oh man, that's his breakout game. And it's like, is this mm-hmm. Justin Fields' breakout game? And if I, I'm sure you probably heard this when if you watch ESPN, but after the Commanders game where the Bears looked like ass, they lost to us, the coaches sat down and said, we need to let Justin be Justin. They need to let him do what he did at Ohio State, which is the RPOs, run the ball more, and make him comfortable. And ever since then, that dude has gone off. Um, hundred, he was. He looked like Lamar yes. in that game. Yeah, he's baby Lamar right now. He's not. He's not throwing for a ball. He only had 123 yards. He did have three touchdowns, but 178 mm-hmm. yards rushing, uh, which is the new record for rushing yards by a quarterback in a single game, breaking Michael Vick's record. Um, yeah, he's he very exciting to watch and. If he can continue to develop as a passer and they can get him more weapons and, and you know going forward, yeah, he could ascend to that Lamar Jackson Tua Tagliavoa level where um, you know they they actually have a, a an offense in Chicago. <laughs> but um, of course, my, my dad's ecstatic. Um, I I just you know I'm just glad they're letting him do his thing because I remember like RG three. When, when they started and he was running and he was doing what he does, he had success. And then they wanted to make him more of a pocket passer because the injuries and that didn't work out. Um, so yeah, I, I hope it, uh, I hope it continues to work out for Justin Fields and you know, he could uh, maybe reach that Lamar Jackson level. I don't think he'll ever be as good of a passer as like Josh Allen, but he could be, you know, a, a good runner who can, who can also throw like Lamar does. Interesting as well, Jeff, the newly acquired Jeff Wilson, like we talked about, running that uh, dual running back backfield from the 49ers in Miami now. Jeff Wilson, nine carries. Raheem Mostart, nine carries. And Wilson was their leading rusher in his first week. Yeah. 
Yeah, they just they uh, they threw all over Chicago's defense. <laughs> it's why, oh, yeah. and that's what I expected. I just I did like they scored what thirty five, and I'm like, yeah, all right, I expected that. I didn't expect Chicago to score thirty two. I thought they'd get to ten, but hey, good everyone for them, man. rushing to grab Cole Komet in fantasy football. My dad had, had dropped him. He drafted him in every league, I think, and had dropped him like two weeks ago, and now all of a sudden mm-hmm. he's viable, so he's got to go pick him up again. Hilarious. If he can but, get them now. Um, but yeah, you know, should be should be fun to watch. Actually, Sunday, Lions, Bears, man, that's gonna be that should be another high scoring game, I think. Um, but we'll get to that when we talk about next week's uh, preview. Uh Carolina, Cincinnati. I just I wanna point out the fact that last week's podcast, I, I was all over Cincinnati for that Monday night football game against Cleveland because they didn't run the ball enough. They heard me. Apparently they are fans of the podcast. Because Joe Mixon had 153 yards and four touchdowns and also caught four passes for 58 yards and a touchdown. Imagine that. Jamar Chase is hurt. Let's turn to your next best offensive weapon, Joe Mixon. Yeah, that I remember that entire morning. It was just the Joe Mixon uh, watch. Yeah. Everything on Twitter was like, the Bengals have gone out. Joe Mixon will not score his sixth touchdown on this play. Because, like, six <laughs> is, like, the the league record yeah. for touchdowns in a game. And so, like, the, there was, like, a, the watch to see if he tied the record. He got close, but uh, still have a hell of a game for them. Yeah. For Carolina, and, and this kind of ties into last night, too. So, P.J. Walker went three for ten for nine yards and two interceptions against Cincinnati, I think, in the first half. Was benched, and they put in Baker Mayfield, who went... 14 of 20 for 155 yards and two touchdowns. Then they said P.J. Walker is going to start last night, which he did because it was a short week. They won the game, but P.J. Walker still only threw for like 100 and some odd yards, 108 yards or something. And they already said P.J. Walker is going to start next week because they won. Fair. They did. I just don't understand. Like, if Baker Mayfield comes off the bench and has a game like that, like, why do you not give him a chance Thursday. Like I, it just, it seems like everyone hates Baker Mayfield. Everyone like he, I don't see him being that bad. And maybe I'm just not watching. He had bad games when he was playing for Carolina earlier this year, but it just, it seems weird to me that, that they'd stick with PJ Walker. And yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like I, and I get Baker and, Mayfield's and... not, you know, an all top 10 top 15 quarterback in the league, but he's shown that he can be like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Well, what happened? What I want to know is why is PJ Walker starting? Why, what happened to Darnold? Darnold uh, has been hurt. He, I think he's healthy now or, or coming off of IR. So he was fighting for, he was fighting for the starting job. Didn't win it. And then got hurt. Yeah, he got he got hurt, but he is uh I think he is back to practice now. Yeah. That's just odd. They're like, you know what? We got these two guys and they're gonna fight for it. Oh we don't think Mayfield's doing well. We're not gonna wait for Darnold, we'll just throw PJ Walker in. Cause you know, he's our future. And I well it's and Matt Rule coached PJ Walker in college. So that was kind of the connection of why he got signed, why he was starting. But now Matt Rule's gone and Steve Wilkes is still like, oh, just leave PJ Walker in. Um but yeah, I mean I'm surprised they didn't sign Josh Rosen. 
Yeah. For Steve Wilkes. That's his guy, right? Seriously. Um I don't know, man. Like I know I know Baker's I, I like Baker as you know, his personality is his drive is he's like Taylor Heineke. I like the guy. And I maybe I just haven't seen Baker play enough to be like, oh yeah, he is terrible. because um, I remember watching him in Cleveland for a few years there. He he was great. Well not great. He was like good. Like I, I would have taken Baker Mayfield in Washington in a heartbeat. Um but I don't know. I, I don't know. If, if he's gotten absolutely terrible, but I look at that stat line from Sunday and think, man, he came off the bench and played really well. Um, yeah. Green Bay, Detroit, what an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing game that was. Um, I'm going to let you talk about it. Was it was a game. you watched it. Oh, it was an amazing game. Green Bay lost. Any game Green Bay loses is an amazing game. Any game where Aaron Rodgers is unhappy is my favorite NFL game of all time. I think it's easier to look back at it and say it was a great game, but when you have to sit and watch it. <laughs> How about a great outcome? It was not a it great It was a game. great outcome. Yes, it was a great outcome <laughs> yeah. to the game because most of what happened in that game was absolutely maddening and terrible. <laughs> I mean, uh, Kirby, Kirby, Kirby Joseph, is that his the name? The safety? Yeah, our safety. Yeah. It's, yeah, that dude, uh, it's funny. Let me find I it. I was looking up it's the Madden ratings from last week, and he went up like five points yesterday after Sunday's Yeah, Kirby game. Joseph. Two interceptions in the game. Played as like a crazy person. He was making tackles everywhere on the field, getting interceptions. He just, this is a rookie, and he looks amazing. So what happens? Concussion protocol. Of course. Don't know if he's going to play this week. That's the second of our safeties that's hurt like it's just the way it goes it's it's maddening there were so many injuries in that game i think in that game alone there were nine packer injuries like three or four lions injuries um i saw just absolutely insane yeah and then i don't know if you saw the meme i posted in our discord no i didn't it, it's the, the, the Uno meme. So let me let me bring it up so I can read it correctly here. But uh, basically, it's like this. Uh, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> Call delay of game on the Packers or draw 25. And then it shows a picture of a guy holding half the deck in his hand. Yes. The, the clock went to zero at least nine times. Yep. Not once did they call delay of game. Oh. Not a single freaking time it was so stupid they do that my dad the, complains about every time he watches the packers they they give aaron Rodgers so much leeway with that damn play clock i'm like it's not you called delay game second and a half after zero if it hits zero it's delay a game I don't you know, know what it's i i heard one time annoying. the nfl said well they count to one when it hits zero because it's the it's the tenths of a second it's like Are we, one second, uh, and then the clock hits zero, and then it's like 0. 0.9, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.7. It, that's the NFL's does, logic behind it. But the actual logic is, well, we like the Packers, and we want to make sure they have every chance to win. I was going to say, you just had what? What's the the clock in the NFL, 35 seconds? Yeah, I think it's 35. So you just had 35 seconds. If you're not, if it hits double zero, it sh- you shouldn't be giving any more time. No. If it hits double zero, it's over. Oh, I like, agree. It makes no Believe sense. Believe me, I might. But yeah. the only thing, 
the the offense looked just abysmal. Jared Goff threw for 137 yards. Sure, he had two touchdowns. Franchise quarterback. But Jamal Williams rushed like he had 24 rushes for only 81 yards. He worked his butt off for every single yard. Um, Aaron Rodgers was the Packers' leading rusher. I saw that stat and I was like, "What happened?" Were the Lions just stuffing the run game like uh, Aaron Jones and? Oh yeah. See, that's the thing. I don't understand how we can have games where the defense, like lately, the defense has been the the good side of the ball for us, and that should. I don't know why that's happening, but they, the the the. The Packers couldn't do anything right. Like, they just looked absolutely terrible. Watching Aaron Rodgers throw his first game with two red zone interceptions, him throwing three overall, it was just amazing. It's, it's, it was, those are the parts I liked. Every second we were on offense, I didn't like for the most. So, well, yeah. Hopefully, next year when. C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young is behind center, throwing to J-Mo and Amon Ross St. Brown. You'll like it. I agree. I People asked me earlier this week if I was mad the Lions won a game and ruined their pick, and I'm like, no. I don't care if they win. If they want to win, that's fine, especially against divisional opponents. No. If we had beaten like the, the Panthers, then I probably would be more upset about it. Beating the Packers, a division foe. Well, I think the nice thing, too, is like, the there's not a, a consensus number one. It's not like Andrew Luck where it's like, oh, man, we need the number one pick. It's like there's like yeah. three quarterbacks that are going to go in the top five. As long as the Lions end up in the top five, they'll be fine. And they have plenty yeah, of draft picks one. to trade up if they want to. So, Yep. Exactly. Uh, all right, Indy, New England. Uh, this is going to be a quick recap because I didn't watch this one, but I knew Bill Belichick wasn't going to lose to Sam Ellinger. I mean, come on now. Um, watching the highlights, I don't think Sam Ellinger's the guy in Indy. He's not. He's not a starter. He's he's a mid mid tier guy. Um, but Jonathan Taylor missed another game. It's just honestly, it seems like a lost season for him, which is a shame because that dude was amazing last year, and it just injury bug is hitting him, and and. It's rare for a running back to be like Derrick Henry and, and be healthy most of his career. And I'm hoping Jonathan Taylor bounces back next year and can play a full season again. Well, I think they were expecting that. I think they were expecting him to not be hurt and be a Iron Man because they did not have a backup plan. Nope. <laughs> Deion Jackson, not it. Signed Philip Lindsay. He's definitely not they it. They just like, cut him they too. Just did not have. They just did not have an answer for him getting hurt. Yeah. Now he's back this week, thankfully. But, uh, yeah, they were not ready for that. No. And being 3-5-1 and, five and one now on is Matt kind of... Ryan to be their, their offense. No. Uh, Buffalo and the Jets, got to give you props. You called this upset. That was a hell of a pick. Um, the Jets' defense, man, uh, you know, I, I, I liked Sauce Gardner. I think I might love Sauce Gardner. Dude, he's so he good. is really good. Uh, they hassled Josh Allen, two interceptions, sacked him five times, pulled off a hell of an upset against a divisional foe. Um, after the Giants kind of faltered against Seattle, it felt like New York football was that that whole thing. Oh, New York football was kind of over, but the Jets made a statement with that game. 
They are mm-hmm. not just a playoff contender, but they're going to be fighting for the division. Awesome. Awesome they're, win. They're going to be fun to watch whether they're a division winner or a wild card in the in the playoffs. Yes. Imagine if they I'm are a wild card and they travel to face like the Titans who are who will win their division out of out of luck. Um that yeah. I mean that's yeah, they they they're going to be fun, man. Good for the Jets. Um you know, there's just there's just a lot of players to like on the Jets. You know, I, I hope they uh, I hope they keep it up. For the Bills, I think the biggest thing coming out of that is just Josh Allen's injury. Is he actually going to miss Sunday's game? Is he going to is he going to play? Is it going to linger? Because that's really going to suck for Buffalo if he misses some games. Yeah, that's that will hurt him real bad, especially now that they're six and two with the Jets being six and three. They, and the Dolphins they... are six and three. Yeah, and if they end up losing, that's going to make it – they got to yeah. have them for sure. Uh, Minnesota-Washington, um, I just have to reiterate the fact that I know this game was close, and I know that, you know, Heineke's interception at the end is, you know, what cost us the game. But the flip side of that coin was the touchdown to Curtis Samuel. If you haven't seen it, if it was it was pointed out afterwards, everybody was laughing about it. Uh, Viking safety, I think it was Harrison Smith actually, was – getting ready to intercept that ball. And then a referee ran into him and basically tackled him. So Curtis Samuel caught the ball and rolled into the end zone in a box score in a stat line. It looks like, Oh, he threw a touchdown pass to Curtis Samuel. Yes. But he also, it was just luck. Like that should have been his first interception of the game. And, and you know, then he throws another one in the fourth quarter. Heineke's not the guy, man. And I, I'm getting so exhausted by commander fans who want him to keep playing and want, oh, no, we got to stick with Heineke. got to stick with Heineke. We really don't, guys. You, you know, when Wentz, I don't want to see Wentz back. That, that's the one thing. I, when Wentz is healthy, I don't want Wentz. I'd rather they play yeah, Howell. You put Howell yes, in. I'd rather play yeah. Howell because I'm a firm believer of if you're not going to compete for the playoffs or the Super Bowl, then what's the fucking point? So play Howell and, and just give him a chance to develop because. When he the, the, when he came out last year, he was a fifth round pick. The year before that, if he had come out, he was projected to go in the first round. So there's talent yeah. there. Um, I just would like to see what he can do, and he's got a hell of an arm. He's and that's the one thing with Heineke is he doesn't have an arm. He can't throw the ball deep. That's why that pass to Curtis Samuel was going to get intercepted because he hung it up in the air. Howell's got a cannon, a howlitzer. Uh, see what I did there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I just, man, I, it's just, it's driving me nuts. My biggest fear, though, is Ron Rivera is going to put Carson Wentz back in when Wentz is healthy, and that's just going to piss me off even more. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather they play Howell, then Heineke, and then Wentz. Wentz, don't play him. Cut, cut him after this year. Just I don't want him to start. Him. I don't want to see him catch to to snap a ball again for our team, because if he plays too many snaps. Our pick for the to the Colts next year goes from a third to a second. Leave it as is. It's a third rounder. We lose it. Big deal. You play Wentz anymore and it goes to a second, and I'm going to lose my shit. So, um, <laughs> for Minnesota, I like Kirk Cousins' little dance on the plane. That was fun. I, li- I like. I always like Kirk. Great, great. Just, just a fun guy. Um, shame it never worked out in Washington. What could have been. Uh, Vegas. Well, did they just didn't assign him? Yeah, well, and we could have like back in 2015 or 2016 when he was first up for a contract before they franchised him twice. 
They could have mm-hmm. paid him like $18 million a year, which would have been a huge discount. But they offered him like fourteen because Dan Snyder is a petty, vindictive little dumbass. Um, <laughs> just ridiculous circumstances. But anyways, Vegas, Jacksonville. Travis Etienne is fun to watch, man. That dude, I you know, and it sucks. He missed all last year with the injury and started off slow this year because James Robinson was balling out of control. But now that they were just like unleashing Travis Etienne, he is he is a, a fun running back. There are a lot of really like young, really good running backs in the NFL. The next couple of years yeah. are going to be really fun to watch if you're a fan of the run game. Um, for Vegas, they can't put a complete game together. So Devontae Adams... 10 catches, 146 yards. I say Devontae yards, finally got a good game. Right, but then Josh Jacobs runs finally. for 67 yards. So like it's like every yeah. time Devontae Adams does well, Jacobs doesn't. And then every time Jacobs does well, Devontae doesn't. It's like if they could just do them both, they could probably stretch off some wins. But as of right now, they have, the Raiders are, are bad. Um, Seattle, Arizona. <laughs> I was at this game. It was painful. Um the Seahawks, in my opinion, are the Cardinals' biggest rivals. I don't like them. I'm very unhappy to see them win, uh, especially in Arizona. But, again, run, young running backs, man. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is awesome. Um, for the Cardinals, though, my biggest complaint is they have so much quote-unquote talent on that offense, and they play the most boring football on offense I can remember this year. Last year, at least they were throwing the ball deep. I can't remember the last time Kyler Murray threw a deep pass. Everything is behind the line of scrimmage or five yards in front of it. It's it's his average pass distance is three and a half. Yeah, right there. Average. That's insane. It's like that's you know. Remember, you only got you remember the Hale like Murray two more. The Hale Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. Remember when they they traded for Hollywood Brown as our deep threat? Remember when they drafted Ronaldo? Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore. Call him Ronnie Moore. Rondale Moore to be our deep threat. No deep balls. Deep threat. The guy that only catches the ball behind the line yes. of scrimmage. Everything is a screen pass. It is ridiculous watching that team. And I, I don't know. Like, it wasn't like. I know Kingsbury hasn't been great at the end of the season the last two years. But he is, this season, it seems like he's just gone downright terrible. Like, he's just lost his damn mind and can't remember how to call plays. It's... Well, here's a fun stat for you. DeAndre Hopkins had four catches in the first quarter and wasn't even thrown at more than once the rest of the game. No. I, I, no, because everything was going behind the line of scrimmage, and DeAndre Hopkins actually runs to, routes like a receiver. That's my point. It's like this... The, the, they scored... On the first drive of the they game, did? which was the oh, first score they've had so on the excited. first in the first quarter the entire mm. season, and then they waited until halfway through the third quarter yeah. to finally score. We were so excited, man! Like it felt like, all right, here we go. Like D Hop ran up to because he he caught the touchdown in our end zone, ran up to me and my dad, like sh- like slapped hands like right in front of us. We got on TV, very exciting, and. I was like, oh, here we go. Like, this is the Cardinals. This is what you expect. We're going to score some points. No, no, we're not going to score points. And we're also not going to stop Seattle because Geno Smith is, is the MVP this season, I guess. And it's, <laughs> I, I don't know, man, but it's so frustrating to be a Cardinals fan right now because we, we supposedly have a top five quarterback. We supposedly have an offensive guru head coach. They load up on receivers left and right. 
Robbie Anderson is is oh my god. It's so dumb. They're just dumb. <laughs> let's let's just talk about that for a second. You gave up a fifth and a sixth rounder for Robbie Anderson and you don't even use him. What was the point? When they did throw to him, he dropped it. At the end of the first half, he had a they could have kicked a field goal, the play right before Murray scrambled and fumbled. Robbie Anderson gets hit in the hands with the ball and drops it. The dude wants to complain about not getting thrown to in Carolina, so he bitches his way out, gets traded to Arizona, gets thrown to, and drops it. Like, it, it's just ridiculous. It, it, that, Steve Keim needs to be fired. Everybody needs to be fired. It's just so freaking annoying to think that, well, they extended him, so they're probably not going to fire anybody this year. Unbelievable. Yep. All right. Rams, Bucks. Um, I, I honestly, I don't even care about this game. I, I, it's this. These two teams have fallen so far from where I thought they would be in the preseason. Brady's playing like a forty-five-year-old. The Rams, yeah, they've got Cooper Cup, but other than that, it's just so meh. Like I just, I no interest in even <laughs> recapping this game. To be quite honest, giant contract for Allen Robinson. Nobody even remembers he exists at this point. Nope. Doesn't need to. Cooper Cup is is a machine. That dude doesn't matter how many people are covering him, he's still gonna catch eight passes for two hundred yards. Um Tennessee, Kansas City was actually pretty exciting Sunday night. I thought Tennessee was at halftime, I think it was fourteen to nine. It really looked like Tennessee was gonna be able to pull off that upset with Malik Willis at quarterback. Like that would have been a pretty Mm -hmm. amazing outcome. Um, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to Patrick Mahomes. He ended up throwing for 400-some-odd yards. Um, Tennessee, I think Malik Willis attempted 10 passes, which is, makes sense. They're, it's funny. They're doing what the Bears did with Justin Fields at the beginning of the year. We're not going to make you do very much passing. We're just going to hand the ball off a lot. That didn't work for the Bears. It's like, why don't you let Malik Willis do what he did in college that made him successful? Like, why do teams continuously be like, we're going to draft this guy that was really good in college and then make him do something else in the NFL? Like, They're like, no, that's not my offense. Yeah. We have to make him conform to what I think. It, it always, my, my favorite story of that is Albert Hainsworth. Albert Hainsworth was one of the best nose tackles in a 3-4 in the NFL, becomes a free agent, Washington signs him, puts him as a defensive tackle in the 4-3, and the dude was garbage because that's not <laughs> what he was good at. Ridiculous. With a giant freaking oh, contract. $100 million man. Um, for the Chiefs, <laughs> I'm very happy. As a guy that I really thought Juju Smith-Schuster was going to go off this year, it's nice to see that he's actually getting opportunities, starting to flourish a little bit in Kansas City. Kelsey will always be number one, but but it seems like Juju is solidifying himself as their number two receiver. In uh, the Kadarius Tony watch, yeah, he had two catches. Yeah, Kadarius Tony, what, what a for his two throws. Another another great uh, receiver traded for no reason. It's like <laughs> the, the Giants. Were, it's like the Panthers were going to cut Robbie Anderson. The Giants probably would have cut Kadarius Tony too. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, Baltimore, New Orleans. This is another game. I watched this game. I, I, I was I was actively in front of a television watching this game. Don't remember this game at all. That's how boring this game was. I just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, unbelievable. I do want to say though, I have a feeling that any game that the Saints play this, the rest of this year, is I just probably I, going to be that way unless Taysom Hill goes off. Again. Well, and I just can't get excited for Andy Dalton. Like, and and the fact that he's starting yeah. over Jameis Winston now that Winston's healthy, I don't know, man. I just, yeah, whatever. Um, 
I do want to say Isaiah Likely, I, I, I like him. I like Likely. Uh, if they didn't have Mark Andrews, I think Isaiah Likely would be a breakout tight end. Um, but, you know, as yeah. of right now, he's just he's just a really good backup tight end. But wherever that guy ends He will up, move somewhere after he's done exactly. there on his first contract. Yeah. He'll wind up somewhere kind of like, um, like, what's his face? Hayden Hurst. Uzuma. Oh, CJ Uzma, yeah. Uzma, who was the backup in Cincinnati, left. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so too. I, and you know, it'll be like he'll probably get overpaid by Washington or something. Um, but yeah, that was week nine, which is funny because when you were talking about the Washington or our top five players from our teams, and you're talking about if you got a quarterback, I'm like, all then you would need is a tight end because I don't see Logan Thomas being there that long. It's funny we so, have. A, a tight end who I really like, Cole Turner, who's a rookie. The dude is six seven. He is a, a just like a tower in the end zone. I love it. Um, speaking of tight ends, I do want to point this out. I didn't have Chris Cooley on my list of favorite all time commanders, uh, but but he's he's it's fine. Him and Tress Way were like six and seven. I, I do Chris Cooley C squared. Not only was he awesome on the field, but he's also a fun commentator. He doesn't do it anymore, but he did. Uh, he did their radio broadcast for a while, and I used to love listening to him. He he kind of reminds me. If you had made that pick, and I had to make something comparable, mine would have been Corey Schlesinger because I loved him. Nice, yes, great pass catcher out of the fullback position, and then spent most of his career blocking and making Barry Sanders as open as he was. I on on. Uh... Underappreciated is that uh, fullback. Underappreciated. Uh, well, let me ask you a question. When you think, when someone says fullback, what's the first name that comes to your mind? Um, I'm wondering if it's the same one as me. Think giant neck brace. Oh, Mike Allstott. <laughs> yes, yeah. I will always think of Mike Allstott because that guy was. I was actually thinking of machine. the Cardinals fullback they had for a while. Um, cannot remember his name right now i want to say it was larry something um but i gotta look it up now. larry centers yes larry centers yeah that yeah. was that was the first one i thought of but yeah mike allstott <laughs> yeah he was a beast too i love that that neck brace um nobody had a nobody had a corner or a fullback that ever, anyone ever really remember the name but mike allstott would run over everyone yeah. every time they got the ball and it he kind of the only person i can compare now to what Mike Allstott was is not even a power runner guy, but he's the, the catch guy fullback that everyone knows. Kyle Juszczyk of the 49ers. That's the only other fullback that I can name right now. Yeah. I know the Ravens, I think have a a fullback that's pretty good, but I I don't know his name. So I don't know that team well enough, but yeah, Kyle Juszczyk um, is definitely right now probably the most most famous fullback um <laughs> all right but that was week nine i think it went pretty pretty quick like i said i i was at the game so i didn't have a lot of firsthand things to talk about all right. um i'll be back in a second all right i'm gonna go into my thursday night four play then so last night falcons panthers uh you know good win for the panthers not not overly impressive for pj walker but dot's a foreman man that, that was a good game for him i think they I think I saw it was his third game over 100 yards in the four games since they traded McCaffrey. So that's pretty good for him. But 
As far as our Thursday night four play went, once again, missed it. I was three out of four and I am freaking livid about it because I purposely went easy on the odds trying to get a win. I had Terrence Marshall over 33 and a half receiving yards. I think he ended up with 70 something. Over 39 and a half points. I actually did an alternate spread or an alternate total points and bought down a little bit just so I could get a little easier targets. The Panthers plus three and a half. I think the line was plus two and a half. And I, again, bought down a little bit, but they ended up winning anyway. So that was easy. But the one I missed was PJ Walker over 163.5 passing yards. I cannot believe that that guy couldn't throw 164 passing yards so freaking annoying. He ended up with like 108 or some crap. But man, I think uh, I think next week I might go the opposite and just do completely unrealistic bets with like a plus 20,000 odds so that if I do win, I, I win like 100 grand or something like that. But uh, but yeah, that was that was my bet. And now Dan's that's got to be the one you want to win, right? Right. Well, I want to win any of them. I just want to win one. If I got a, if I get a win and it comes that one, it'll be like. At this point, I might. I, I just want to win one. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll I'll do I'll do it even worse. I'll actually do like total points plus over ten, <laughs> like just the easiest possible bets just to win a four play. Well, I went with my what I considered my easiest one, as well. And I happened to do the worst that I've ever done. <laughs> I didn't hit a single one. That's crazy. Not one. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I stopped paying attention when they did not hit the... The Falcons didn't get over 10.5 points in the first half. Yeah, because you were sunk right then. Um, I was sunk, so I stopped paying attention. This is the first time I'm looking at it. I missed all four. I had the Falcons over 21.5 points in the game. Yeah. They didn't hit that. Cordero Patterson over 55.5 yards. I don't, I think he had 18. I, you know, and I would have thought that he, uh, he would have gotten that one because he had like 90 the week before or the game before. So yeah. So 40 is like around where it is for like the over and under, right? He's had a lot of games right around 40, and then he's had breakout games, like a 144-yard game, 115-yard game. So I'm like, he'll either hit 55 or he'll be in the 40s, you know? Yeah. But instead, what I got out of it was... Uh, five carries for 18 yards. Cardell Passons, five for 18 yards. Yeah, so I was like, great, perfect, love it. Um, and then the other one is I had the Falcons on the two-and-a-half spread. I'm like, all they had to do was win. Yeah. Because the odds were that the odds are pretty good there for that. So I didn't hit any of it them. It was an ugly Zero game. For four. It was an ugly game. Yeah. It's all right. Nothing went the way anyone thought it was going to. We'll, uh, we'll get them next week. I think next week I'm going to play the Thursday night 10 play and just see what happens. Hey, there you go. I like the idea. I might literally just do the easiest bet ever. My odds will be like minus five thousand. I'll, I'll win a dollar betting five, but I'm I'm gonna freaking win. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that leads us into week ten and our week ten preview. How uh, how are we looking 
than our season pick standings. So as far as the week nine results go, I picked up a game on you. I was went nine and two. You went eight and three. Can I just point out if the that Fal- that's that's amazing that we both nine and two and eight and three. That's a really good winning percentage for that week, man. Like I'm, I'm bummed at myself for not making more bets on like my picks. <laughs> well, well, this crazy is if the Falcons hadn't screwed up and won that game in the end, I would have been ten and one. Man, that's an, yeah. And the only one would have so, been the Packers Lions, right? No, I picked the I picked the. Oh yeah, that would have been the only yeah. loss. So pretty freaking awesome. Um. Yeah. So you are now seventy six and forty eight. I am seventy four and fifty, with only I'm um, two games. Is God? You got closer. We got make. I gotta make up making some distance way, this week. Making my way downtown, walking fast. <laughs> um. Yeah. Pretty good week for sure. Uh. That. That. Uh, I think it was the Cowboys game was the only other different one that we, me and you had. And that was the game that I, I, uh, no, no, it was the Rams, the Rams game. So I picked the Bucks, you picked the Rams. That was the one that I got back from you. Ah, yes. Yep. Damn Rams. Trying to remember what the third one's. Um, but we'll see what happens this week because we've got, Another fun one here just to start things off. Seattle at Tampa Bay with Tampa Bay favored by two and a half points. The line is pretty close on this It one. is pretty close. Well, as as you requested last week, you get to go first this week. So, All right. Well, I am going to take Seattle. Good. That's what I was taking too. Because <laughs> I'm like, Tampa Bay is not showing me anything. No. They beat the bad Rams last week. Yeah, and honestly, okay. I'm I'm at the point with game. Seattle where I just have to begrudgingly admit that it's it's working there. I mean, Geno's It's not a actual it's not a fluke. Yeah, I mean, Geno Smith has has completely turned his career around and and good for him. I I'm nothing against Geno Smith. Um the defense, which is the defense is starting like four or five rookies. Did you know that? Their defense like out of their yeah. starting 11. It's And their offense. Yeah, it's very impressive. Their man. offense has two left their right and left tackle are rookies, and Geno. I still doing what he's doing. don't like Pete Carroll, but I have to admit Seattle is is having a good season. It, it's like a magical season for them. So, and and Tampa Bay looks like ass. I mean, Tom Brady is is an old man, and and yeah, they got nothing. <laughs> um, next up, you've got Minnesota at Buffalo. Buffalo is favored by three points. Um, the real question is where we're at with um, Josh Allen. I know that's that what makes this one so tough picking on Friday, um, because it's they said he's hour to hour. He's not even day to day. They like they're gonna make a decision like leading into the game. That's rough. Yeah. Um, let me go. I'm gonna go look just before I make my pick at what the. Uh, the current status is what it says. It's probably it says, questionable. Yeah, it's questionable. Yeah. 
being deemed a limited practice participant on Friday. So he's limited. He did practice, so that's good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Bills. All right, I'm going with the Vikings. All right. I think if Josh Allen does play, he's not a hundred percent. So, I I think Minnesota can pull this off. Had to down that Gatorade before I could pull it. Yeah, I I don't know. I just, I don't know. If the referees can get in Harrison Smith's way again. Well, yeah. Then things will look look great for the Bills. (laughs) Um, Next up, we've got Detroit at Chicago with Chicago minus three. I'm actually... Going to pick Chicago. Oh, I thought you'd go with the Lions on this one. I would might go with the Lions if the Lions could ever stop a quarterback that can run. Ah. And since and since Justin Fields went crazy last week running the ball, I feel like the Lions are somehow going to actually cover passes and then he's just gonna run for 10 first downs. (laughs) So I'm taking Chicago. I'm also taking Chicago. Um, I I think this, this one will be close. I think Detroit can score some points. They've, they've done it earlier this year. Miami scored points all over Chicago's defense. Um, I, I, but I do, I think I, I I expect this game to be like, like the bears dolphins. I think it'll be a three point game that I, but I think Chicago gets the win. By the way, um, going back to the Lions game this last week, just real quick, we trade uh, Hawkinson, and then Shane Zilstra and James Mitchell, our two tight ends, the other two tight ends, were the ones that scored the touchdowns to win against Packers. That's pretty awesome. The rookie tight end had his, uh, his first touchdown, and Shane Zilstra, who wasn't a rookie, but also never had a touchdown, scored his first touchdown, so... That's crazy. Just showing Hawkinson. You I think don't even we'll need be him. okay. <laughs> I think we'll be all right. Dan Campbell wanted funny to prove Brock... to Hawkinson that he didn't need him. He's like, the tight ends are going to catch the touchdowns today. Brock Wright didn't even have a touchdown, but he didn't need to do anything. The other two tight ends did it all. Um, next up, we've got Jacksonville at Kansas City. Kansas City's favored nine and a half points. I don't think that this is any... Yeah, Jacksonville finally got back on the winning side last week, but I don't think they're going to... I think this game will be close, within 10 points probably, but I still think Kansas City wins. I agree. I, I think Jacksonville <laughs> covers the 9.5, but there's there's they're not going to win. I, if, if they were able to win this game, it would be mean that the Jacksonville from the first two or three weeks like all of a sudden reappeared. And the Chiefs from the you know first half against Tennessee played all four quarters. Like it, it would be damn near miraculous for Jacksonville to pull this off. It, they might, and it might be like Tennessee. They might lead at halftime, but Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He'll come back and win this game in the second half. But yeah, I am I am glad to see uh, Christian Kirk. This is just a fun tidbit I saw earlier when I was looking for fantasy. But Christian Kirk is the tenth uh, highest scoring receiver in fantasy this year. Good for Christian Kirk, man. Yeah, he's doing awesome. Yeah. I drafted him in one of my leagues. And Me too. He's tearing it up. Me too. 
Um, Cleveland at Miami. Miami favored three and a half points. Uh, Miami. Agreed. It's going to be a hard, hard sell for me to ever pick the Browns. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, the Browns are better than I expected with Jacoby Brissett, but Miami is also much better than the Browns. Like, I got me at Miami easily. Um, I mean, I know... The Browns' defense is is good. Their pass rush is good, but Tua can scramble, and, and they've got too many weapons for Cleveland to cover. Like, yeah, Miami's going to win. For sure. Houston at the New York Giants. The New York Giants favored five and a half points. Uh, I am going to take the Giants because, once again, I don't think I could take the Houston if, the, if Detroit was playing Houston this week, I would definitely pick Detroit. <laughs> there are several teams where they're at the very bottom of the league, and I would pick Detroit over there. I agree. I, I do like some of the things Houston has going. Um, uh, I'm blanking on their running back's name right now. Um, Damian Pierce, you. who's hurt. Is he hurt? And might. Yeah, he's no. hurt. He's questionable, but definitely. they say he's probably going to play. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the Giants are going to win, but I was just going to say that I, I like Damian Pierce. Like, I like Houston's got some talent. They just need to continue building into next year. But the Giants will. I think the Giants are coming off their bye, too, so they should be ready to get back to the magic they had before they played Seattle. All right, next up you've got New Orleans, favored by one and a half points at Pittsburgh. Um... This one is interesting to me. I think uh, the Pittsburgh didn't play last week. They're coming off their coming off their bye. Their bye. Um, the Saints got throttled by the uh, Ravens. I'm going to pick the Saint or the Steelers. I am uh, also going to pick the Steelers. This was also going to be my um, bonus bet. I'm going to pick the Steelers plus three. I think they win by at least a field goal. I think coming off their bye, plus TJ Watt is back. I think they're gonna they're gonna finally be able to to you know get their defense going. And I like Chris Olave for the Steelers, but they they there's nothing really. Andy Dalton doesn't impress me. I, I can't pick an Andy Dalton led team. I know Kenny Pickett hasn't looked that great, but after the bye week, maybe he got some extra practice in. Maybe he'll come out and have himself a solid game. It's funny to me that um, last week, but when, since we started the confidence thing, neither of us has gotten it. Nope, I know. <laughs> it's hilarious to me. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, next up, Denver at Tennessee. Tennessee is favored by two and a half points. I... Tennessee, Denver. Uh, I'm actually going to take Denver. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> yeah, all, all the same close games, we we both landed on the same un- underdog upsets. <laughs> well, it's only be- it's just really boils down to quarterbacks. And even though Russell Wilson hasn't done well this season, he's still better than Malik Willis. And until Malik Willis has a game where he's not throwing 80 yards on 16 passes you're gonna have a hard time winning because derrick henry as good as he is isn't going to be able to run and win 
I don't know. I just don't think he's going to be able to carry that team over Denver. Oh, I, I completely agree. In fact, uh, spoiler alert, Russell Wilson is my fantasy sleeper quarterback because Tennessee is, I think, 30th against the pass. Um, so I think Russell Wilson actually bounces back and has his first good game of the season. <laughs> nice. Well, so I, hopefully, because I have to start him in one of my leagues. <laughs> so. well, there you go. You'll be rooting for him, too. Yeah. I had some, like, terrible named backup. Not backup, but, you know, terrible lower-end quarterback starting at quarter. Oh, no, this was – I've been playing Sam Wilson for, like, four weeks. Oof. With uh, but he's actually been doing good as far as points go compared to um, Russell Wilson. So, Russell Wilson's been sitting the bench while I start Zach Wilson. But uh, Zach Wilson was either like had an injury designation this week and I just put Russell in there and I don't want to move him out now. So, something happened. I think the Jets are on their bye yeah. this week. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So that's what definitely what it is. Jets are on their bye. Um, so next up, you've got Dallas at Green Bay. We skipped, uh, Dallas is favored by Colts at Vegas. No, that's fine. We'll go yeah. back. <laughs> Dallas at Green Bay. Dallas is favored by four and a half points. I'm gonna take Dallas in this one after watching Green Bay last week. Um. And I'm going to make that my confidence pick and say they win by uh, five. I, um, I'm i also going to take Dallas, but I would like it noted that this is the this is the kind of game that Aaron Rodgers would just come out of nowhere and win just for no reason. Um, playing against a superior team when everyone's counted him out and mocking him. It would be just like the Packers to to come and win this game, and and then everybody would be like, "Oh, the Packers are back! Told you they're fine." Da, da, da. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> and I then think, they go and lose two weeks in a yeah, row. Yeah, like they, they they've lost like what five games in a row or something. Like I Dallas yeah. should win this game. They're my pick, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Green Bay pulls this one out of their ass, or if the NF, if yeah, the NFL helps them pull that. it out of their ass. The NFL would would love to have the Packers win, I'm sure. Exactly. So next up would be the Indianapolis Colts at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are favored by four and a half points. And I'm taking the Raiders because A, they're at home, and B, Sam Ellinger just looks absolutely terrible. Yep. Now the only thing that might make this actually close and where I missed this pick is the fact that What's his face? Uh, is back. Jonathan Taylor halfback? Jonathan Taylor's back. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with the Raiders. It's the same thing for me. If if Matt Ryan was starting this game, I probably would take the Colts. But because it's Ellinger, I think the Raiders win. Yep. Ellinger's just gonna make me pick against them almost every time. Yeah, he's he's got to show me something for me to pick him. I haven't seen anything out of. So I can't, I can't in good conscience choose a team quarterbacked by him until he proves he can play the position. I don't have a lot of faith in the Raiders, but I mean, even if Jonathan Taylor plays, it's like, all right, we'll just stuff the line of scrimmage because Ellinger can't throw. So I think we might 
be different on this next one. We'll see. Uh, Arizona at the LA Rams. The Rams are favored by three. I'm picking Arizona because the Rams are bad, and Arizona can win away from home. They just can't win at home. So That's fair. I'm going to take the Cardinals. That's fair, but you know what Arizona can't do is beat Sean McVay. So I'm picking the Rams. <laughs> True. In fact, let me see here. Sean McVay versus Cardinals. Nine and one. Ten and one in the regular season and playoffs. <laughs> so yeah, Rams all the way. They um, are bad. Next, I, don't get me wrong. I do agree the Rams are bad, but for some reason, like Sean McVay is their kryptonite. <laughs> but every every once in a while, there is that one there game. Is, they, we've beaten him once. It's it's it'll happen yeah, again someday. That's what I'm saying that one game has it, it happened. It will happen again so, one day. Maybe it's Sunday. <laughs> got the LA Chargers at San Francisco with San Francisco. San Francisco. I'm, flabber, <laughs> I'm flabbergasted by this number. San Francisco is favored by seven points against the Chargers. Yeah, I know. That's I I was surprised by how high that was. <laughs> that's massive. Um, I don't even know if i want to pick san francisco i kind of like the chargers in this one i'm gonna take the chargers i don't i just don't think san francisco's that good i mean they're not bad but i think the reason is because san francisco's defense is doing so well and i know debo samuel is back this week um so i'm gonna pick the 49ers also i know keenan allen once again isn't playing i don't know about mike williams but it sucks. I, I want I want the Chargers to be good. I want them to be competing for the division in the playoffs, but they've just got so many injuries this year. It's just and it's like Justin Herbert is such a good quarterback and, and he's getting no love this season because he just has no one to throw to. I could change my answer, right? You have until the end of the podcast. Actually, that's that's the rule set in right. place. I'm gonna go back with the 49ers only for the fact that how bad Herbert looks whenever Mike Williams or Keenan Allen is out. Yeah. It's a shame, man. It's, it's such a shame. I really wish, uh, I really want the chargers to be good, but just not. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, Washington at Philadelphia, Philadelphia favored by 10 and a half points. I'd like to pick an upset here, but I don't see that happening. Believe me, I, I would I would love to think that there was a, a possibility of an upset. Um, it's not just the fact that our offense wouldn't be able to score enough points against Philly's defense. It's that our defense won't be able to stop Philly's offense. Uh, definitely picking, yeah. picking Philadelphia. And it's also a primetime game where Washington likes to just suck. And it's in Philly with their fans which it, yeah it's i don't a 10 and a half i do think we cover because philly doesn't blow people out anyways so i do think we yeah. cover 10 and a half but we still we're gonna lose this ball game absolutely yep makes sense well we wound up with a couple different there like we got bills vikings two, and yeah. uh bills vikings and arizona rams yeah. so plus our 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 bonus uh our bonus picks if, if we can ever hit those will we'll, could definitely make a, a big difference so 
some opportunity mm-hmm. for you to close the gap still this week. For sure. Uh, all right, so sure. there we go. We made our picks. We're going to move into our fantasy sleepers. Recapping week nine's picks. I had Kirk Cousins as my quarterback. He went into the week ranked 13th at the position, finished 9th. So I don't really consider that a win. It's more of a wash. I mean, he did finish higher than his rank, but not uh, enough to impress me. You had Sam Ellinger uh, against the Patriots, who scored eight <laughs> points. <laughs> Although, to be um, fair, by, by this point way, in the podcast last week, you were pretty inebriated. So, to to preview Week Ten early, I will not be making picks this week. No, because that is two weeks in a row with what you're about to hear. Happening, so. <laughs> but you're <laughs> all right. That's fair. Um, my running back, I had Tyler Algier. He was the 21st ranked running back. Again, finished 16th. Higher than his ranking, but not enough for me to really consider that a win. Uh, he had 13.3 points. You picked Leonard Fournette. I, I don't remember where he ranked going into the week, but he finished 20th with 11 points. So not great. Uh, receiver. I'd have to assume he was higher than that. I would assume so, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Receiver, I, this one I'm very proud of. I picked Christian Kirk, who was 19th ranked going into the week. He finished 4th with 21.6 points. Top five. Great call by me. Pat myself on the back. Uh, your receiver, you went with Chase Claypool. New new to the Bears team. And even though they scored a bunch of points, none of them went to Claypool. He finished with 3.7. they at him a good They chunk. did. And in fact, that, that last pass where he, he got interfered with that the refs didn't call, that would have been some more points that he could have had for you. So, yep. uh, tight end, we both whiffed on. I threw a Hail Mary with Taysom Hill. Assuming that he'd get a trick play touchdown on Monday Night Football, he got 1.25 points. Uh, You took Kyle Pitts, which breaks my heart to say he only had 4.7. That dude is being so wasted in Atlanta right now. It is so annoying. Hey, at least one of my guys this week had more points than one of your guys. Yes, yes, your tight end finished with more points. (laughs) I'm not not a total fan. So all in all, uh, you know, not a not a great week by any means overall. I I just had my wide receiver call, which which I'll I'll run with that. Um, so for week ten, I will be the only one making picks. Apparently, I'm gonna go with Russell Wilson at quarterback. I mentioned it earlier. Tennessee has the 30th pass defense. He is ranked 25th at the position going into the week, behind Taylor Heineke and Sam Ellinger. Russell Wilson does not finish. Yikes. If he does not finish ahead of both of those guys. I will not make any more picks the rest of the year. I will just be done making fantasy football picks. Russell Wilson against the Tennessee 30th pass defense has got to score more points than Heineke and Ellinger. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, running backs. I'm going with DeAndre Swift against the Bears. The Bears have the 29th run defense. He's ranked 17th, I think, based off of especially PPR-wise. He's going to catch some passes. He's, he's going to run on them. Um, I think he finishes in the top 10 is my guess with that. For receiver, I'm going to go Josh Palmer had a pretty good game last week because no one else was there to catch the ball. I'm going to think he has another good game this week. The 49ers, 21st against the pass. Palmer's ranked 22nd at receiver. Um, I think the Chargers are going to have to throw the ball to to stay in this game. So I'm thinking Palmer, again, catch some passes, get some yards. Should, uh, Should finish higher than 22nd. And for tight end, I'm going with Cade Otten, the tight end in Tampa Bay. 
Seattle's 32nd against the tight end position. Um, they're, Kate Otten's ranked 19th. Uh, Brady seems to like him. He, he's had some good games ever since they started getting more involved. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, especially he's ranked 19th. He's got to finish above 19. At tight end, unlike with Kirk Cousins where he finished a few spots ahead and I didn't consider to win, if Kate Otten finishes 14th, I'll consider to win because tight end freaking sucks, man. That, that position Well, I really hope dead. so because... Uh, in our in our dynasty league, I had Tyler Conklin and Marcus Andrews or Mark Mark, Mark Andrews. Marcus is his formal yeah. name. <laughs> okay, so I have Mark Andrews and Tyler Conklin. Mark Andrews is out, yep. and Conklin's on a bye this week. Conklin is almost thirty, so I'm like, well, I'll drop him, pick up a young tight end uh, that might be on the up and up. And the one that I picked up to kind of stash to see where they wind up next year as far as, like, tight ends go is Kate Otten. And I have him starting in the Dynasty League this week because of Andrews being out. So if this does happen, I will be very happy because he is starting for me. in one of my Well, I'm calling it for you. I think it's going to happen. I think... Uh... I saw that on there, and it's funny because if I did make picks this week... He would have been the one I was thinking of. <laughs> Since you already did it, I would have had to find another one. So I'm just glad I'm not making picks. All right. Well, you can take the week off, so but, but hopefully you, you come I'll back come next back week. I'll come back next week. I just want to point I'll out that you were pretty week, drunk but... last week when you were making your picks. So I would fault that instead of just your picks themselves. <laughs> I don't remember what I was drinking last week. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, had, I had some kind of beer, I'm pretty sure. I had, I had sangria this week. If I wanted it, but I was like, you know what? I'm not doing it. Well, you know, and, and <laughs> Hey, it helped. Cause we, we finished in under two hours this time. Hells. Yeah. Hour and 45 yeah. minutes. That's not too Make shabby. it a little easier for all of our listeners out there to, to be able to finish a full episode without, you know, having to, having to Digest. take an intermission in between. <laughs> I'm like, nobody mows their lawn for three hours. Yeah. So. <laughs> Long haul truckers, man. That's that's our key demographic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you're going on a you're going on a you're driving to the game this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On Saturday, got a road trip going. Got my oh. coffin corner podcast ready to go. Driving from L.A. to New York. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, that's gonna do it for us this week uh, on the coffin corner podcast. Uh, normal spiel for the end here. Uh, come check out. Check us out on Twitter, Coffin Corners. You can find us on TikTok, Coffin Corner Podcast. We really need to get back into that because that was a lot of fun at the beginning of the season. I just, I, we haven't really I've had a couple ideas, but I just, I don't, I'm not, I have I'm about not a performer, eight, you know? I have about eight different sounds that I want to use, and I just got to think of TikToks <laughs> to make with them. And uh, What I think we need I to do is we need to, do to with that plan the TikTok together, but then have your kids actually be the ones that we record doing it. <laughs> yeah perfect um well i'll 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 make a promise to get at least one out on there this all week. right so there you go coffin corner podcast go check that out uh you can also go to discord.me slash coffin corners there's coffin corner and you can join our discord through there where you can find out when we're going to be streaming if it is not on a friday night and if it is then you can find out when we go live because a lot of people did not know this week that we were doing it an hour earlier because of the fact that 
Here in Arizona, we do not do daylight savings time. Oh, that is a great point. I totally forgot about that. So, um, yeah. Well, there you go. So go check out the Discord, discord.me slash Coffin Corner. And until next week, it'll be fun to watch these games this week. Go join that Discord. Come talk to us about them tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Sunday. And uh, we shall see you there until I just got to say, because you you reminded me. This is a great week of football because I get to watch the Lions and Bears. I never get to watch Lions games because they're always playing at the same time as either my team or the Bears. But they play each other, so I get to watch them. Then I get to watch the Cardinals in the afternoon. And then I get to watch Washington on Monday. So I actually get to watch like all of the teams that I, I want to watch. I get to see them all play. That's pretty yeah, good. I'm very excited. Sure. This is the first Lions game I'll actually be able to watch, in, like completely watch this season. So very excited. And you'll, you'll be like... Oh, that's why he's complaining. <laughs> oh, that's why he's always mad. <laughs> that's why he really does not like that. Guy. I bet Jared Goff goes off this week, and I'm going to be like, "What? Why do you hate him? He's so good." Well, he's good at playing the. Uh, he's good at tricking people. <laughs> so, all right. He somehow tricked uh, Dan Campbell <laughs> into not drafting a quarterback Ooh. last season. So. Um, yeah. So anyways, we'll be back next week with episode 14. Uh, thanks for listening this week and we shall see you then. Bye everybody.